0: hello everyone it's ashley with amare owner and founder of amare healing arts plastic surgery recovery center and holistic clinic specializing in manual lymphatic drainage we have two locations in new jersey highland park and elizabeth and i also offer virtual consults if you're not in new jersey but still need help with your recovery you can give the office a call at 732-841-0142 to set up your sessions We have our post-op shop where we offer post-op supplies like lipo foams and BBL pillows. And I teach you guys how to use those products with the videos that we have on our product page. That's amarepostopshop.com. We also have our online courses where I teach you guys what massages you would need after plastic surgery, when to get your massages, who to get them from, what the lymphatic system is, what lymphatic massages actually are, and all the research that you would need on your post-op massages and finding a lymphatic therapist. All of these links are in our bio as well as in the description boxes, so you guys can go and check that out. I will see you guys soon. Ashley with Amare. Bye. Yay. Yay. Technical difficulties (laughs) averted. Woo. Call us.
1: This always happens, so don't worry, everybody. Here we are
0: okay hello hi (laughs) you look very made up today look at you
1: it is so hot in california like it's still summer and i'm getting this is the best time because i'm getting friends from connecticut talking about leaves and i was like no it's like 85 so oh my gosh
0: Um, yeah, the, so there's a hurricane in Florida right now, it's uh, starting to get spooky season out here, and you're in the heat, so. Yeah,
1: we're just in the same temperature as it was, only the people are away from the beach, so there's no more people at the beach. Yeah. The beach, so. Thank you very much, Wild Hippie, she says you're gorgeous, Ashley. Oh, thanks! Ashley from Amare.
0: Ashley with Amare, oh my god, hi, it's been like forever.
1: Hi. Hi time to start the Love Fest for MLD again, and we're always here for it.
0: Yes, Um, always.
1: So if we want to get the show on the road, um, I wanted to talk about self-care and self-care for us. And it's interesting because I posted on the Massage Therapist Facebook group, and I got a lot of people talking about self-care for our clients. And I'm kind of of the impression that, like, If I'm not full, I can't give to them. And if I'm not full and I'm giving to them, I am at negative at the end of the day. And I have felt the first two months of my career um, when I was just a baby massage therapist, just graduated, got my first job. It was at a chain. I allowed so many things to happen um, that just took away from me without giving back. Um, the, actually the most egregious, well, I definitely, but I have been, um, this is why I have to guard myself. And I know you have to guard yourself too. I did three massages back to back to back. And I ended up fainting and going to the emergency room. So, because the room was too hot, but it was just like, and and after that, I said, you know what, you have to book 15 minutes in between the massages. I work was working for someone else. And then now in my own personal practice. I book a half hour in between each massage. Um, And actually, if someone cancels on me or changes, I never take it as, oh, my God, they're taking money out of my paycheck. No, Take it out. Like, in my brain, I go, you know what? Like, it's some time for me to take care of something else and take care of myself. And that money will always come to me uh, because there's a steady stream because the plastic surgeons refer to me. That money will always come to me. I don't, if it sends the different energy out in the universe, if you are chasing after the clients versus if the clients are coming to you because they know your work, they trust your work, and their doctor tells them to come to you, and then they have a better experience.
0: Well, I um, also think it comes down to trusting yourself too, right? And your skills and stuff. So when you're talking about like losing money, right? So I book hour to hour appointments. I work back to back to back to back to back. Because for me, in my practice, I don't always have surgeons referring to me. Sometimes it's, I'm taking in everyone. So I have surgeons referring to me, but then I have people that are desperate in finding me. So, yeah. Happy Alex. Everybody who knows me knows Happy Alex and thinks she's a robot. I promise one of these days I'm going to do a live with Alex to prove to you people, all of you on the interwebs um, that call. She is not a robot. She is my best friend and she's real. We're just that happy all the time. Um, But she has actually started like putting in three hour breaks like in the beginning of the day or at the end of the day because she knows me. I'm so driven by what I do. I will work and you know this. Sometimes I do work from nine in the morning till nine at night straight with no break. But I'll like eat a granola bar in between or I'm definitely drinking a gallon of water a day, if not more. And I'm stretching in between and I'm, you know, I'm not on my feet all day. But it does get to be a lot. And we get so even from when you're not working for someone else, right? Because there are a lot of you guys on here who do have your own practices. When you're not working for someone else and you're trying to fit everyone in, but at the cost of what? At the cost of yourself, at the cost of the quality of your work. And if you really do trust the quality of your work and hold that to the highest standard, like I always work smarter, not harder. I'm working with science. The reason we don't need 40 sessions is because like you are as well with the foams, with the garment with the education so that what we do is stronger and we don't need to do as much. So when you're talking about like trusting yourself and trusting your techniques and trusting when to take breaks, I see it when someone reschedules, right? I see it as okay, they've scheduled with me because hello, Ashley with Amari. They they've watched my videos and think I'm a celebrity which I'm totally not. I'm just a normal girl. Yeah. Um apparently, you and I both. <laughs> but they, they see that and they're like, okay, I am choosing to come to this place not out of being desperate. Now, there are a lot of clients out there that are like, well, I need to get in today. And then they're mad at Happy Alex because they can't get in today. Well, the people that are booking with me are booking for the right reasons because of the content, because of who I am and how I take my practice seriously and the protocol and all of that. So when someone does cancel or reschedule, I see it as, oof, universe, you just gave me a break thank you. I am so grateful because I probably need to like run to the bathroom and organize the room and organize like the sheets and like do all the little things to make the space nicer just because I have the time, right? Like maybe I'm, like I said, like organizing the sheets or watering the plants or whatever it is, but it's time to reconnect. It's time to reground. It's the universe saying, okay, there's something going on. I'm going to need you to take a break real quick and figure out what's going on with you. Cause like you said in the beginning, if we don't fill our cups, right? If we're not, even just forget physically, because our jobs are very physical. We're, we're doing a lot of physical work, but emotionally too, we're dealing with a lot of emotional clients. And if we can't be in a stable emotional place to hold space for them, then we're not gonna be able to do our jobs as you know therapists or MLD people or anything like that. So I think a lot of it back to what you were saying, like, yeah, it's not just... You know, physically, but if your cup is not full mentally, emotionally, physically, then yeah, you're not going to be able, you're going to attract
1: the wrong. Massage therapists in general, why? It comes down to the why.
0: Why are we taking so many clients on all at once? What are we going after? What is it for? For me, my why is I have a lot of people that need a lot of help. So I'm taking on extra for being able to help them. But somebody at a hand in stone, it's kind of like, well, what is your why? Because you want to do massage, but is it at the expense of you and your health and your sanity in that respect? Kathleen, you're freezing up.
1: I know I am freezing up. Can you hear me now?
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You're cutting so in I and mean, out, but you're freezing up a little.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's hot. It's hot here. So, yeah, I love <laughs> that um you said that and I love the point that we have to fill from our own cup. I kind of have the identity that like I I never want to be Um, like as weak as I was in the beginning, again, and I want to always um, give myself the inner strength. So I have it to give my clients, Um, we can have after surgery clients that are going through a lot, and they're at a point um, in their journey. And I've had like two tough clients in a row, and they weren't tough for me, and the massage wasn't tough, but they were going through stuff. They were having complications. Um, They had complex medical histories. And uh, I need to be in an emotional space to get them to be able to tell their story to me. Because some of the stories that we hear is, like, I am worried about something and my plastic surgeon isn't talking to me. And these are both clients that are from classic surgeons that are local, but they're not, I don't have that back and forth relationship with them. They're not the usual surgeons that contact me. And you can really see the difference between someone who has a very responsive surgeon and someone who doesn't. Um, That's why I think it's so important to do your research and find that very responsive surgeon and then find someone like Ashley That's a very responsive massage therapist that's going to get you where you need to go because of her training. She'll know a lot of things that someone who's been through a weekend class just doesn't know. Um, how to help. Well, here's the
0: other thing too, right? Like going back to the why, and I'm happy you said that because again, why did you and I go through 145 hours of training instead of a weekend class? Why do I have not one, but two basic MLD certs and from two different schools? Why am I still, when I don't need to, taking MLD standard courses from every different school that offers it? Why am I taking my next CLT course with Norton when I don't need to right it's the why because I'm paying three grand four grand five grand for hundred and forty-five hour courses because I wanna know what's out there because my why is for my clients I could just take a weekend course and be able to offer this but again why are you why are you wanting to offer it as a therapist and then as someone coming to a therapist why are you choosing that therapist? Is it price? Is it their content? Is it what they're saying? Is it how they make you feel? Because on the same thing with the surgeons, I have clients that come to me that find me four months post-op with fibrosis and swelling like they're day one because they went to someone that did a weekend course and wasn't able to help them with a garment or anything like that because they didn't have the compression training that you and I have. And they weren't, really explaining anything to the client and they weren't teaching the client how to take care of themselves at home or educating them on the science of swelling and the science of fibrosis and they went to that person I asked them I said well why did you go there and they're like because I didn't know any better I didn't do any research and I'm like okay that's one that's okay like you didn't know but now you know it's okay we're gonna fix it we're gonna make it better but then I have other clients that are like oh well it was cheaper or like oh that's what everybody else is doing and I'm like okay but then What made you want to find me? Like, what is your why so I know how to help you? Because as a therapist, I need to know, do you need help with garments and phones or do you just want the massage? How much information do you really know about what happened to your body? Because you are out on anesthesia. You don't know what happened to your body. And back to your original point, the surgeon's not telling you. They're not telling you everywhere that they did lipo. I cannot tell you how many times a day I hear, I don't know if they took the fat out of my back, even though I asked. I don't know if they did my thighs, even though I asked. Well, maybe we should go back and ask. Because I can tell you I feel swelling here, but it could possibly be traveling from another area that had surgery, and I don't see any incisions back here. It could be a different technique. I do know that some doctors will do thigh lipo and use the drain holes by the pubic region. Maybe you don't need incisions on your thighs, or maybe they just didn't do it, but you need to ask. It is something that you need to figure out for your body. There's got to be the why. So when I start talking to clients and they tell me, oh, well, I don't know if she was properly trained. But this is what happened to me, and I'm like, okay, well, then why did you go to that person if you didn't know if they were properly trained? And they're like, well, I didn't know. I thought everybody was just supposed to be trained. And I'm like, okay, that's also something that's okay. Like that's also not your fault as a client because you can do the research, guys. When we say do the research, and I also, I also understand this. It is hard to find reputable information that is not Instagram, that is not Facebook. It is not easy. Unless you are Googling what is manual lymphatic drainage and learning the science of it the way Kathleen and I have, you're not really gonna get a clear understanding. That's why I do my videos. That's why I'm so educational. That's why I have the posts. That's why Kathleen is so educational because we wanna give you guys a condensed scientific source rather than just wear your faha call it a day. How does a compression garment work? What is a faha versus a compression garment? We take all the guesswork out of doing that for our clients, but that's emotionally taxing and mentally taxing on us to have to explain it over and over and over to clients because there is nowhere for them to do the reputable research. So if you're not mentally on it, emotionally on it, and physically on it as a therapist, doing things the way that Kathleen and I do it, yeah, it's gonna be a lot on you at the end of the day if you've seen five, six, seven, eight clients in a row with no break. Even if it's not a hand in stone, this industry is ten times more demanding than a hand in stone. Uh, if if you're not taking a weekend course. But again, if you're looking to become a therapist, because I'm sure you get the messages all the time, as do I, how do I become a post-op therapist? And I'm like, well are you a licensed massage therapist? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay go get your massage therapy license that's going to take you about a year then you're going to want to go and do a basic mld course that's going to take you about 40 hours then you're going to want to go do a 145 hour clt course it's going to take you 145 hours probably about 3 weeks if you're doing depending on how you're doing it in class or hybrid it's not a simple weekend course to be at the level it, that we're at but that's not to say that you and I can't take a weekend lymphedema symposium course like we can do that too which we do but Again, it's it's the why. It's the why behind you're choosing your therapist, but it's also as a therapist, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to deal with all this medical stuff? Why do you want to deal with lymphedema patients and lipidema patients and do this MLD thing? What is the reason behind it? And that why is going to lead you to proper self-care. And that's as simple as that. Like, that's the root. It's the why of it. Because then you're going to figure out, okay, well, I want to do it. Because I like helping people. But do I want to do it to that capacity? The capacity that Kathleen and Ashley are doing it, where it's your whole life. Do I have to do it to that capacity? It's, it's all about you. It's literally about you as a therapist and what your style is and the way you do things like Catherine may use cups. I have my own brand of foams. It's, it doesn't mean one is right or one is wrong. Same thing with the weekend course, guys, body contouring doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just, why are you doing it? Because there are a lot of people that want to break into the industry because it's for money. Surgeons do the same thing. It's not just massage therapists want to break into the industry because it's a money market, right? But then they miss all the steps along the way, whereas if they were doing it for the Y, they wouldn't be doing that weekend course. They'd be going to Aikles or Norton or MLD Institute or Vodder International or somewhere else. I started doing this work because it worked, because I had a breast cancer patient one time in my medical massage internship, and they were like, no, you can just do this thing. And I'm like, -uh -uh. no, we're not just going to do this thing. Uh, She's a cancer survivor. We don't play games like that with people's health. We're going to go get properly trained took a 45-hour basic MLD course like eight years ago, fell in love. Here we are. But that's because I followed my why. When you're talking about asking other therapists, how do I get into this? The first thing I say to them is, why? Very first thing. Because it, it can be, like you said, three clients in a row and you're like fainting. It can be a very tough thing on your body as a massage therapist in general. And then again, taking that and turning it into the why's of self care, and like you have, you know, your whole book that you just released, and this is basically all about the same thing, um, because it's talking about the root of it, right? And the why is the root of it. But talking about self care, like, why do you want to work that much? Why do? Why are you doing that? Why are you working so much back to back? Where's your why? Like, and then if you figure out why, you can figure out a better way to balance. Self care is about the balance. It's not about like on my on my post that I posted, I was like, What's the difference between taking a bubble bath self care and post op th- self care for the therapist? Well, again, what is the difference? You are never going to At least for me, the way that I work, I am not going to stop the capacity that I'm working. I am so driven and so in love with what I do, I'm never going to slow down. People keep talking about burnout. I'm still waiting eight years later. Where's the burnout? Because the only thing that hurts is my back sometimes from holding my arms out all day. I'm not burnt out on my business. I'm not ever going to quit because what I do works, and I believe strongly in what I do, and I've helped so many people, and I'm going to continue doing that forever. I don't think I'm ever going to retire. But again... I'm not just going to take a full day off to take a bubble bath because for me that seems wasteful. I'm going to take a full day off and balance. I'm going to let my body rest, but I'm going to maybe record a video with Kathleen or do something that's, you know, a little bit less on my body. But it's not so much about, you know, don't work, have balance, limit yourself with the amount of clients. It's figuring out what you're doing, why you're doing it to the capacity that's comfortable for your body. And again, like you were saying, in a hand in stone, that's not really a thing. And talking about that, like the BBL situation in Miami with using the ultrasound now, cutting them back to three a day, again, it's because you're giving that time to do more quality work and not as high of a volume. And that's where the trade-off is.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's actually, I chose, one of the reasons I chose the surgeon I used is because um of his why that he came from a medical family his father was a doctor too um and the reason i hope that people choose me is they understand my why as well that i got Mm -hmm. into oncology massage because you know my parents both passed away from cancer so when you come into my office you know that i am not taking all this continuing education um, because I got into this industry to make a buck, like you can definitely make money, but I think the pa- it's the passion first and then the money follows. It the money is because- a side effect. Yeah. And you can, I, they, I think, I feel the clients can feel it. I can feel it when you go and see some plastic surgeons, like, you know, they're just, it's them and their quinula and they need to make as much money as possible, um, before they retire. And like, God love them, but I don't want to work with, as a member of a care team with a surgeon who's like that. I wanna work with surgeons who, you know, are passionate about their clients, want to give their clients the results that they deserve and are gonna go the extra mile to take care of their clients. And I had a very poignant recently had a client on my table and she said, when I went to the post-op um, appointment, I felt like the surgeon was only inspecting and caring about the areas that he would take a picture of so he can have a before and after for his page. And I do, I never want to be the kind of massage therapist where I only care about the issues that are going to show up on the picture of the before and after so I can show it on my page. I care about like the heart and soul and spirit of the client and where they're coming to me emotionally before they even take their clothes off. And, you know, we look at their phone and we look at their phones and we get them healed up. But I want a client that says, Kathleen, you did a great job. I feel like I got my money's worth from this massage. I'm happy. I'm happy with the surgery. Thank you so much for helping me on my journey. Like, and then the end. And then I hear from them, like a client I had recently, came from a client that I helped six months ago. So that's how all I the time that they trust me is I get referrals from, for clients, friends, the client, the client's friend went to me and now the client's coming to me or the client is having a series of operations and they're coming to me for post-op care after all of those operations. I, and I feel like that's the the standard that I hold myself to and also the standard that the plastic surgeons are willing to go on social media and talk about they send people to Kathleen Listen, and they're willing to tell their clients Kathleen is so amazing. Like that's the input that a happier client that comes to you. And they're like, oh, yeah, all the people at the office said, like, you're amazing. I have to go to you. And I'm, yeah, and I think people hear that about Ashley as well.
0: And I think the big part of it, too, is right. So I have a video coming out on YouTube next week about an interview that I did with a client. I put up a snippet of it um, last week, talking, or actually, it was this week, saying, Part of pre-op research is finding yourself a team of people to take care of you, not just your surgeon, but your therapist, your people at home, like your care team, right? So in that video, we talked about her pre-op experience. Her surgeon gave her my name and said, do whatever this woman says. She's the best, the end. And I was like, okay. So she comes in and she's like, I don't know what I'm here for. He just said, you're the best, come in. And I was like, all right. Well, what are we doing? And then she told me, and I still—I actually just saw her right before this live. Um, right before I got home, she was my last, my last client. And one of the things she says in the video is like the biggest part of pre-op for surgery is your mentality, right? And her surgeon is an amazing surgeon, but a lot of surgeons, like you said, it's them and their cannula, and they want to make money. Her surgeon isn't like that. Her surgeon generally does care, and I work with a couple surgeons that do care. But they are also limited to what they're looking at. You have to realize they are seeing you one week post-op, two weeks post-op, three months post-op, six months post-op. They are not helping take care of your body as it's healing. So when people say, oh, I didn't like their bedside manner, they didn't call me every day to check in on me, like that's not their job. That's not their job. Their job is to, when you're in the room, treat you like a respected human being and not a piece of meat, like I've heard a lot of people complain about from Miami and Tijuana and various places. Treat you like a respected human being, listen to your concerns, hear you, see you, validate what you're paying for, and do the surgery. Afterwards, the medical concerns are what they're going to take care of as far as infection, seroma, How does this look and feel? Are you happy with your results? And then before and after pictures. Everyone expects their surgeon to call and ask every single question about swelling, and they know every single answer about swelling, and they know every single answer about fibrosis, and they know everything about garments. No, that's us. We go to school for that. We literally go to A. and Norton and all of that for swelling fibrosis garments like that's that is our realm to expect a doctor to take those courses is unrealistic they have a lot that they're they got going on right so when when we're talking about the why of surgeons like you said you have surgeons that really do care about the results but they're still one part of the journey we are the other part of the journey to get you to the finish line. Otherwise, you stall out at some point because they don't have the capability to give you that information. So when you're talking about how do I know if a surgeon cares, how do I know if a surgeon is doing the right thing, it's about the surgery. When, and I love to use this analogy, when you go get knee surgery, okay? And you guys heard me say this in my videos a million times. When you go get knee surgery, After the surgery, your surgeon does not call you to check in and make sure you're doing your PT exercises. Your surgeon does not tell you what PT exercises to do. They do not nurse your knee back to health. They are not changing your bandages every day. That is a nurse. They are not doing your wound care every day. That is a nurse. This is the same thing. Surgery is surgery. The same way your body swells after any surgery, it's going to swell after lipo. The difference is it is in a wider spread area and looks really scary. And also it's kind of elective. So you're freaking out a little bit, which is okay. That's fine. You're allowed. But again, they're not going to tell you what PT exercises to do. They're not going to call you to make sure you're doing those PT exercises. Your surgeon is limited to the same capacity. Finding someone like me and Kathleen who understand the why and work to that capacity is different than doing a weekend course, right? And finding your surgeon to be a part of your team is great, but sometimes those surgeons don't know we exist or don't even understand why this is important, and they don't have the capacity or the knowledge to tell you, hey, Go get MLD. Go get lymphatic massage. They just know that lymphatic massage works. They can't even explain to you what it is. 90% of surgeons cannot explain to you the science of the pumping motion that dilates the vessels to reabsorb the fluid. They have, they, that's even way too much for them to understand. They don't really get that because they're not part of that field. So when you're picking a surgeon and then you think you picked a great surgeon and then you're mad because you're like, oh, my surgeon didn't tell me any of this. Now I'm mad. My surgeon's terrible. No, no, your surgeon is not terrible. You were just missing half the team, like with the other half of the team. And like you said, people can see it when they choose you. There are a lot of people that don't want a therapist on their team. They don't want to pay that much. They just want to get their body contouring, whatever they want to get done after surgery, because that's what everybody else is doing, because that's what feels right to them. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you heal perfectly from that, I'm happy for you as long as you're happy. But then there are people, like you said, that can feel that energy and can feel, What we're presenting, how we're educating, our style of educating, our style of hand-holding, our style of compassion, and the way that we care about what we do. Whereas, I'm not saying the other people don't care. They may care and believe in the body contouring and all of that stuff. And whatever else the weekend courses are teaching, they may fully believe in it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But not every client is for everyone. And as a therapist, when you're talking about taking care of yourself, it's about being integrity with you. It's about making sure that you're okay first. It's about getting to the root of who you are, what you want, and why you're doing it. So, there's that. And self-care does not... I had a conversation with my client, who I was just talking about today, actually. Self-care is not always about actually physically taking care of yourself. Self-care, like Kathleen just said, meditation and yoga, right? I would love to just meditate and do yoga all day. But I... I'm an old, crichety lady. I like a good cup of tea. I like a book. As Kathleen knows, we've had conversations about this. I I read 100 pages in an hour. I like a book. I like a cup of tea. I like my 1950s music and silence for like six hours. That's my self-care. If I spent that time doing yoga, I would feel disappointed and resentful that I spent that time not reading and not having my cup of tea but instead forcing myself to do yoga or meditation when i don't feel like doing it because it's not what i need right now self-care is not a cookie cutter thing it's not okay i'm gonna do self-care i'm gonna put on a mask take a bath wash my hair shave and lay in bed for two hours and listen to zen music i know people who meditate to metallica i know people who only do power yoga and that relaxes them i know people that do jujitsu and kickboxing and mma and that's their therapy I don't like to use the word self-care only because that leads everybody into the mindset of candles, yoga, incense, meditation. I don't use that word. I say therapy, whatever your therapy is, whether that's skateboarding, whether that's yoga, whether that's roller skating, whether for me it's rock climbing, reading a book, having a cup of tea, like being in silence, whatever that is for you, whatever feels like therapy, whatever feels like you're being nourished emotionally, physically, mentally. I personally, I get this. I'm a massage therapist. I don't like getting massages. I don't trust other people touching me. It gives me anxiety. I don't, I don't like it. I'm a, I'm a delicate flower. I need to be gently, gently rubbed, like super gentle, like MLD. And that's it. That's, that's, that's my level of touch is MLD and no harder. Please do not touch me like that. No, thank you. I don't like it. But again, I won't ever do anything other than reflexology because for me, what self-care is, is massages, right? Going to get a massage is self-care. Yes, it is a form of self-care. But even as therapists, right, I get this all the time. Well, don't your hands hurt? Well, don't your back hurt? Doesn't your back hurt all the time? Like, who who massages you? And I'm like, I don't like to be massaged. I know myself very well. I know my whys, and I know what I need when I need it. And I don't need to be massaged, really, ever. I need to sit down and breathe and read a book and have a cup of tea and everything relaxes head to toe like I just got an hour massage. So whatever your form of therapy, some people like to paint, some people like to draw, some people like to cook, some people like to clean. I love deep cleaning my bathroom that is therapy for me. That is like eases my mind and relaxes me and calms me when I say a nice clean bathroom. So your self-care, even post-op guys, bringing it back to the post-op thing, your self-care may look different at any given time, all the time. So maybe sometimes self-care isn't taking a couple hours off from work in between your day, but shortening the amount of hours you work in a day period. Self-care can be totally different. I think as massage therapists, because we're taught in school, one of the biggest marketing tools is massage is self-care, massage is self-love, massage keeps you healthy. We lose sight, right? We lose sight of what that actually is, what the self-care is. So self-care can be totally different. Whatever feels like therapeutic, which is why I say therapy, whatever feels therapeutic to you is your self-care. Some people like to get their hair and nails done. I refuse to sit there for that long when I could be at home reading alone in my living room with a nice cup of tea and my dog. But again, I think it's and this this ties into your book, Kathleen. And I have a couple questions about your book that I want you to like talk about, because that's exactly when I read your book. That's exactly what was in my head. I was like, oh, she's talking about therapy. She's talking about therapeutic things. She's talking about therapy. It's you know, it's not self-care. It's whatever form of therapy you're getting done. So, I mean, your book talks a lot about that. Do you want to say some things about that?
1: Yeah, and maybe a great, great uh, alternative term would be something like building. because that mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of self care and like. So, the name of my business just all is Massage and Mindfulness. So, because my body it likes mindfulness, my body likes labyrinth, my body likes the yoga, but that doesn't mean And I think the problem is we're trying to fit everyone in a cookie cutter. Like in the eighties, it was like, Calgon, take me away. And everyone thought that like the only way you could de-stress was take a bubble bath. And I think now uh, people are demanding and wanting and requiring what you're talking about to apply to them. That's why I asked in the comments, like, what is your, personal self-care what is your personal resilience building because i think it's important for me as a massage therapist to be in my body and have that proprioceptive self-awareness because i get a vibe off of the client i get the vibe off of the client when they walk into the room and there's non-verbal uh i can just feel when they because they're clenching up they're holding their breath and you get the vibe off of them if they're going from parasympathetic to their sympathetic nervous system. And I want them always in that rest and digest relaxation during the massage, because I don't want to kick off any of these chemicals that the body kicks out when it gets into fight and flight. So I need to be in my body to notice that, to start that conversation with the client, because all too often the client will be like, no, I can take it. I have a high pain tolerance. You can go deeper. And it's like, I have to let them know that is actually not what you need right after surgery. Like the docs say it, the educators say it, it's not what MLD is about. I just posted a really great post on my Instagram with Dr. Hoyos in, uh, in the, his uh, high-definition, high-sculpting book for other surgeons talking about, yes, And if you go to chapter 19... I know, I have it
0: bookmarked. I know exactly where it is. I have my business card in the page.
1: He specifically (laughs) says that MLD is not painful. And that is because we have to keep our clients in this parasympathetic nervous system. It's It's a whole
0: page. He's got a whole page on it.
1: Yep. And if this surgeon knows about it, like we should know about it too. So in any way, our self-care should not be... Painful either. Ashley doesn't have to take a bath because she read it somewhere when she just really needs to be reading a book. And that's how she reconnects to her body. So that's the, uh, that's, the, I'll dovetail into, so we're talking about my newest book, Mindful Strategies for Adults with Ch- uh, Adverse Childhood Experiences. And that's up on uh, Amazon. I just published it this summer. And this is uh, as a result of my research. Um asking I asked myself questions because for years i'd seen um clients with lymphedema, clients with advanced chronic disease they present differently they're not able to uh follow the self care plans that, and I think we're doing them a disservice by saying they're non compliant they're a frequent flyer, they just don't care you know that all this is their fault. And when what we really need to focus on is, uh, is this a trauma response? And to know that we need to understand, like Clarity of Soft Tissue said, we need to understand adverse childhood experiences. We need to have that, have that in our back pocket. I'm not their mental health therapist. No one is, if it's outside your scope of practice, we're not doing mental health therapy. But just the same as I understand what is going on with the abdominoplasty without doing it myself, I still have to understand what they went through. I have to understand what science says about the trauma they went through. And we have a really great um, opportunity to learn at this point because the state of California has really um, taken the lead and put together a document on – Um, research-based things that we can recommend to our clients that our clients can do themselves um, in order to to mitigate the effects of stress that adverse childhood experiences have on a person even in adulthood so I can't cure your trauma I'm not going to talk with you about your trauma because that invariably re-traumatizes you but I can say Hey, have you thought of like someone said before, walking in nature, um, and there's so many other um, ways like exercising, there, uh, mindfulness techniques, gratitude. There's there's techniques that I painstakingly go through in the book that are make up uh, the list of the most common stress busters that um, the state of California is giving uh, um, as. A ways that our citizens who have been impacted by childhood trauma and adult trauma can help themselves can help their nervous systems to regulate so that they have um more they they're in that zone of tolerance where they're not in fight or flight they're not in freeze they're not in font they're able to make intelligent decisions and set goals and this is where your motivational interviewing with your client like really picks up speed because it's, they, they're no longer, um, overwhelmed. They're able to get in the mindset, uh, that they can go ahead and make the goals that they need to, to, uh, deliver on in order to get their best result from plastic surgery.
0: And I think a lot of that too is right. Let's, I absolutely agree with the childhood trauma thing. I mean, myself, not getting into my backstory, but me, myself, I am constantly working with either a life coach, a therapist, or in a coaching container, because I completely agree that that affects clarity and awareness. My two biggest things with my clients, and this is also why I do the videos, when you step into a surgeon's office, you go in for a consult, and you walk out, the two biggest things I hear, and now, of course, for me, in personal experience, my two biggest things in life, with how you... How your body responds, fight or flight, right? Not being seen and not being heard. If you are telling the doctor, right, I would like to look like this. And your surgeon is saying, oh yeah, I could do that. But not telling you how, not having an open conversation, not making you feel confident and safe and seen and heard about what's going to go on, then you just have to blindly trust them. But then you start having doubts because of all your past doubts and relationships and baggage and life stuff, right? When you walk into my office, you have already felt, I've heard pushed off. I've heard neglected. I've heard not cared for by the surgeon after surgery, not explaining the surgery, by the nurses not explaining the aftercare. Then I tell you all this scientific information about MLD and you're like, what the hell? Why didn't they tell me any of this? And you're now mad and hurt, and you don't feel seen, and you don't feel hurt. Very first thing I do when you come in for a new appointment is I ask you the basic stuff on the sheet to make sure it's safe to work on you. Then before we even get into the protocol, you get on the table, and I say, okay, tell me everything that you want to know tell me everything that's going on with you. Talk to me, get it out, because I want to know. You need to feel seen. You need to feel heard. You need to feel like you are not just the body that went through surgery. You chose to do this for a reason. I need to understand what you've been through with other therapists, with your surgeon, with the nursing staff, with, God forbid, the recovery home that you stayed in that was not legal, with all the things that you've been through. Because anything that I tell you, is going to conflict with all of the other bad things you've already heard because it's the opposite, and you're going to be confused and not know what to do. Regardless of how many scientific papers I can prove to you that this works with and how much science that I can prove to you this is a medical modality, you're not going to care because you're so emotional. And if we don't get to the point first where you feel seen, you feel heard, and you feel safe. Those, if you want to talk about real self-care as a therapist, you are sitting there all day not being seen, not being heard, not being taken care of. And if you're going home and dealing with the same thing, if you're dealing with the same thing in your life, that right there is where you need to start. Being seen, being heard, and feeling safe. Those are the primary, like they have Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's like the primary thing, is safety, being seen, and being heard. So when you're stepping into a surgeon's office, make those three priority. When you are looking to become a therapist, those three need to be priority because your clients are relying on you for that. And we're not talking mental health. We're not talking counseling. We're not talking baggage. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about you coming into the room and being clueless as to what MLD is and feeling ashamed for being clueless and then feeling sad that you were kind of let down and not told about this and then being frustrated that you've had such a hard journey. And then God forbid any other trauma you went through in this whole process by not being seen, not being heard and not feeling safe and going through something where you kind of knew it wasn't okay. You kind of knew whatever the therapist was doing was hurting you and you didn't like it, but you still in your head had the willpower to go through all of it and then realize. Oh, wait, shit, I found this woman on YouTube. She's telling me this isn't right. Oh, my God, she's pulling out a plastic surgery textbook. Oh, God, what did I do? I need to go see her immediately. You come in, and you guys are already so worked up. The point of being able to get through all of this, I could spit 25 minutes of medical information at you and tell you what you need to do and why you need to do it and how you need to do it. None of that is going to matter if you're not okay. Like, the first thing I do when I look at my clients is I go, okay, Are you okay? They're like, well, I'm in pain. Well, I'm sore. Well, I'm this. Well, I'm that. Like, no, no. Are you okay? Like, how do you feel about your surgery right now? Are you happy with your results? I ask questions to get a temperature on how much we need to unravel and how much deconditioning we need to do because of lack of awareness, lack of of being seen, lack of being heard, and lack of feeling safe. Feeling safe is different for everyone. Being seen and heard is different for everyone. So I need to know where you're at, what you need to get out, what you need me to hear from you, where we're starting at. Are we starting at super traumatized where everything's a mess and you, you're you just, I don't even know why I'm here? Or are we starting at, I know exactly why I'm here. Here's what happened to me and I'm angry. And work past it because we're a team. And if you're going to follow the care protocol for MLD, even with a lymphy person, even with a lipedema person, even with a post-cancer patient, if we're going to work together on this and we are going to be a team, we have to be right then and there. My poor, poor lady. Breast cancer augmentation. Right at the end of her treatments this week, she tripped on a chair, busted her head open. Her whole face is purple. That's not even the half of it, but we're not getting into the rest. That's the important part. She went to the hospital. They told her the bruising would only be around her eye, and it wouldn't travel. The rest of her face wouldn't blow up. CT scan, everything is fine. you already shaking your head, girl. You already know everything would be fine. She has glasses like these, but I have a space. They push up against her cheek, right? So they said nothing would drip. It's fine. It was six days later when I finally saw her. I saw her Monday. And this started getting purple and this started getting purple and she started getting swelling over here. My poor baby came in in tears. I took five minutes. I stopped. I hugged her. I let her get it out. And then I said, let me explain something to you. Your lymphatic system is not on one side of your face. It is on both. Your healthy side will try to clear out the swelling and bruising because this side is damaged and traumatized. Your swelling is going to spread. I don't know why they told you that, but it is going to spread. That's how bruising works. If you know anything about how a bruise works, it dissipates. It doesn't go back into your body out of nowhere. It dissipates and your lymphatic system starts dissipating it, clearing it out, and then it goes away. It spreads before it gets better. Basics of having a bruise. If anybody stubbed their knee on something or smashed their leg into something, had a really bad bruise, you see that happen in nature. That's a normal thing. What really got me is they told her she wouldn't have that, so then she started freaking out because she thought something was wrong because the doctor told her that wouldn't happen. This is just like a regular ER nurse person. Then they told her, oh, you don't need to ice it. You're fine. Ice it. Just, you know, you don't need to ice it. You're okay. I'm like, hi regular er trauma like war medicine type shit dude you need to like cold compress your face she's like but it's six days later how could it help now and i'm like honey the swelling the vasodilation like just i explained to her how it all works and i was like please take a cold towel run it under some cold water make sure it's not too cold make sure it's like cold enough wring out all the water so you don't compromise the scab just lay it on your face till it gets warm do that once in the morning once a night and you're fine and she was like, I don't know what I'd do without you. They freaked me out. They drove me nuts. Now I think there's something wrong with my face because the bruising's going everywhere. Again, I didn't go into that saying, Here's what you got to do. Here's what happened to your face. I can fix that bruise. I know what I can do for you. Mm-mm. I held her. I let her cry. I let her tell me what was going on. I simplified everything for her. And afterwards, I said to her, I am so sorry that you didn't have the proper information when this happened. I am so sorry that you got all mentally worked up for something that is a natural process in nature. Now, she already knew that it sounded like some weird bullshit because she's been working with me for three months now because she had double mastectomy. She already knew it didn't sound right because of all the educating. So she was like, I kind of took this with a grain of salt. I listened to them because you always say listen to doctor's orders first before yours. But this kind of seems weird to me. Let me ask you, should I be doing this? And I'm like, yeah, baby, you should be. Like, right now, like today, when you go home, you should have been icing it from day one, babe. That's like basic rules of swelling and bruising. But it happens all the time, everywhere. Everywhere. And I don't try to ply, and neither does Kathleen, ply you guys with like... You know, oh, you know, you should listen to us because we know what we're talking about. No, we present you with the medical science, the facts, the information. Kathleen wrote a whole book about all of it. We're presenting you guys with, here's the science. I want you to trust something. Don't trust the process. Don't trust whatever process. Trust the science. And first of all, trust yourself. Trust if something feels right. Trust if something doesn't feel right. If you're in pain, trust that. If you're not in pain and you like who you're going to and it's working for you, trust that. If you are trusting actual medical data, trust that. I don't want you to trust me. I want you to trust you. That's the self-care part of it. If you're not taking on all your clients' emotions and tying your self-worth to your business and tying your self-worth to other people's emotions, that's where the real self-care comes in. And that's where the resilience parts comes in is building up yourself and trusting yourself, whether you're a therapist or a client, trusting yourself. Don't trust some process. Don't trust some weirdness. I don't care if it's the best surgeon in the world. If you are not comfortable, your body is going to spike in cortisol and you're going to have a really hard recovery. That's what I love about Kathleen's book. Cause it's right there in ink.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much. So I know we only have a few minutes left. Um, I I love, that our um, idea, I want us, I love the idea that we had, that like we came in with the idea of self-care. Self-care doesn't apply to, for a lot of people. A lot of people ha- don't understand, uh, or you know, have a preconceived notion of what it is. So if we can bring it to resilience, understand that like what works for some of us is not gonna work for others. So there is nothing wrong with you if you don't like a bubble bath, if you don't like to sit, In a meditation, um, find what works for you. Do find what fills your cup so that you can be present. Like what Ashley just said is it's a big chunk. Like it's easy to in and just be like, I know how to solve your problems, but they get that kind of stuff from way too many parts of the medical industry. I would love for the post-op massage therapist, the same as, Um, the, the, uh, oncology massage therapist is first the emotional connection with the client, let them feel, let them build the sense of trust. And then you will get their, their brain is trusting you. their body's going to trust you. The therapy is going to go better. Like I had a client today, like, why does it hurt when I touch myself? Why does it hurt when my husband touches me, but it doesn't hurt when you touch me? And I always joke around and be like, it must be my bachelor's degree in massage therapy. And then they're like, you know, I don't believe so. And I was like, it must be like my hundreds of hours. But it's that you trust me um, and your body is able to relax into it and make a story up, not of I'm scared to touch myself. What did I do to myself? But I am in safe hands here. And it we cannot continue to be the hold space for our clients and be their safe place unless we fill ourselves up first. So find what that means for you do it on a regular basis. Don't allow your cup to be empty because you cannot pour from an empty cup. You can't just like grit your way through this and get your way through the week. And then think that whatever you're going to do on the weekend is going to fully nourish you. I believe in nourishment on a daily basis. Um, And then I posted in the comments that I am a member. So I have a cancer history and I'm a member of a cancer support group. So it's important if uh, your client, if you're dealing with oncology clients and they want that extra support for their own self-care, there are online cancer support groups that they can be a member of. I find it very nourishing. Um, It's this group of people that understand the situation that happens um, after oncoplastic surgery. And they've been on the journey that my parents have been on as they were cancers and my cancer patients. And then I am on as a cancer survivor. So it is so important to have resources and take advantage of them. Um, It's one of the most nourishing parts of my day. So do you want to say anything? I know we got to get you off because you have more work to do.
0: I do. I have a virtual, actually, after this. Um, as <laughs> we're talking about self-care, I am going to scarf a burrito down beforehand, though. Because um, that's also self-care, is burritos. Um, if you are a client and you would like to set up a virtual with me, as I'm going to jump on one right now, as far as needing help, like I said, with fibrosis, with compression, with someone who really backs up the science of figuring out what's going on with you not just here's a massage call it a day if you need help unraveling your post-op care because that's what we do we unravel from point a to point b if there's anything that feels off to you and you have questions call the office do not dm me you will get the response saying call the office 732-841-0142 happy happy alex will be grateful to answer your questions and things like that um And that's pretty much it. I mean, everything else is self-explanatory. Kathleen, you want to mention the name of your book real quick?
1: Yes. So um, the book for plastic surgery clients is the Plastic Surgery Recovery Handbook. Uh, We talked about when we talk about cortisol and stuff like that. Um, And then my latest book is uh, Mindful Strategies for Adult Clients with Adverse Childhood Experiences. Both, all you have to do is search my name on Amazon and you can pull those books up.
0: Oh, and the other thing, uh, last little plug here. So you know how you get all these products from Amazon after surgery and you don't know what the hell you're getting? Yeah, so I have an online shop um, where every single product has a video explaining why you need foams and how to use them, how to wash them properly because, ew, what to wash them with so you don't break out like Tide, um, you know, things that you use post-surgery that are safe for post-surgery made by post-surgery companies. Um, And I have the videos on the product page explaining to you how to use them. So like foams for fibrosis. Kathleen talks about using foams too. Um, Or again, soap for after surgery that is not going to rip up your skin like Dial and Hippoclans and Dove. I know. I have a whole video on it and that video is on the product page. So... Products page, the link is in the bio. It's Amari Post-Op Shop um, for that. So even if you're not going to buy products, which is fine, but you want some education, I'm like, okay, my doctor gave me this thing. How do I use it? Like, what is it for? Why are they telling me to go get Arnica? What is the point? Go find the product, watch the video. I explain it. I talk about it. It's all in there. So Amari post Shop, if you need a virtual, call the office. Otherwise, I think that's it. I think we're good. All
1: right. Thank you so much. So this is going to be yeah. on YouTube.
0: Yeah, this is going to be on my YouTube. I'm going to post a snippet of it this week in a reel, so that everybody knows when it's up. And it's going to be on our YouTube channel, which is just Amari Healing Arts. The link for that is also in the bio. If you don't want to watch the full video, we have a podcast. So this will also go on the podcast on probably Friday, um, and that's the post-op podcast. That link is also in the bio for Anchor, Spotify, and Google, uh, and all the stuff. I think that's. I think I always forget things that we do, but I think we covered all of them, right?
1: Wonderful! Thank you thank all you. so much for coming in. Thank you so much Yay. for sharing your, uh, sharing your self care practices in the comments. Uh, we love to hear it, and uh, thank you, Ashley, so much for helping me on this live today and coming and helping us absolutely. build this community up together. Yeah.
0: Like to- absolutely. Me too. And hopefully, we don't wait so long till next time we do it. Yeah. <laughs>